Watch out, there's something funny going on. It's new Tickle Me Elmo. Just tickle Elmo, and he really talks. That tickles. And laughs. Tickle him again, and hold on, because his whole body shakes with laughter. Oh, boy. So be on the lookout. He's coming to a funny bone near you. Tickle Me Elmo, the newest huggable member of the Tyco Sesame Street family. He's sold separately. The year was 1996. The month, December. The holiday, Christmas. But for many parents, it wasn't a holly jolly Christmas that year. For many were killed. Many. Many. And the world we lived in became a different world altogether. A world ran by a character that stood just a little over a foot. It was 1996. It was Elmo's world. And we just lived in it. That's right. This is the story of Tickle Me Elmo. This is Toys R Us. All of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, all of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. All of my best friends are toys. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Patty Ruxpin and the Worms. We got Bill and I so we to the inaugural episode of Toys R Us, a podcast about the things that made us who we were when we didn't know who we were. Their rise, their fall, how they came to be. I'm your host, Richard Hunt, and with me is my cousin and co-host, Brian Muth. Hey, everybody. Every week, we'll be bringing you the history of either a toy, a mm-hmm. video game, a book, a TV series, or movie that helped to shape us into something a little bit more tangible. That's right. Something that that forged us into who we are today. Right. Like swords with uh, your enemy's blood. That's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's not to say that everything has a cheery history. No. There's There's a lot of... A lot of people got a lot of dark secrets, I'm sure. Yes. As... The late Amy Winehouse would say, what kind of fuckery is this? <laughs> you know? She, you know what? She was always ahead of the curve. She really you know, was. She knew about rehab. She knew that if she didn't go. No, no, no. 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 Rip. Rip a fucking Rooney. Rip a Rooney. And given that it's December, there is no finer starting point than that of a toy that caused so much chaos... And so much of a frenzy. And maybe a little bloodshed. Oh, for sure, some bloodshed. Yeah, some uh, some soccer moms got some bloody noses, for sure. I mean, they still talk about this thing today. And yeah. This was fucking, at this point, decades ago. Yes, correct. Yes. Uh, that's right. We're talking about Tickle Me Elmo. Tickle Me Elmo. Which is like, maybe like an Irish guy talking about his penis. <laughs> tickle oh, Me Elmo. Tickle Me Elmo. 
Come here and tickle me, fucking Elmo. Tickle me, Elmo. They're like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, especially if you meet him in a bar and it's real late. Oh. And he's like, tickle me, Elmo. Be a good lass and tickle me, Elmo. It's just just a scene from uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street where he's walking down the alley with his long arms. Oh, yeah, and he's like, (laughs) You're like, oh, my God. You're like, oh, fuck. This is a predator on the loose. Tickle me, Elmo, bitch. (laughs) We start off in the late 70s with a man named Greg Hyman. Hi, Greg Hyman. That's an unfortunate name for a dude. It really is. Greg Hyman. My last name is Hunt. Yeah. My first name is Richard. I don't ever go by Richard. No. I go by Rick. Right. Now, as I'm sure you can deduce, Mm. if you say Rick, and then you say Hunt, with not that much of a gap, as I just put, right, you get... The derogatory name for a female body part. It's true. So, I can understand his pain of being called Greg Hyman. Yeah. that's Especially uh, in the 70s, where yeah. boys had no fucking chill. Yeah, there was like... Yeah. Ooh. There was, it was open season. Not a good time for Hyman. No. Not a good time at all. No. But we meet up with him and his business partner, Larry Greenberg. Hi, Larry Greenberg. They created the Hyman Greenberg Associates. That sounds like a like a law firm. It does. <laughs> Hyman and Greenberg. We'll fight for you. Attorney at law. We'll get you every penny you deserve. Harvey Birdman. <laughs> Avocados at law. We're just fucking... Did you get that thing I sent you? Thing. Man. Early adult swim. Oh, man. Peak. Just... Glorious. If I have to fucking hear about Rick and fucking Morty one more time, oh, I'm shoot my fucking brains out. You and me both. Like, uh, any episode of C-Lab 2021 is leagues above Well, yeah, Rick and Morty. And it's like, and I will maintain until the day I die that on Cartoon Network, mm-hmm. the, the one series that is consistently excellent all the time is The Venture Brothers. Oh, for sure. Because, I sure. mean, there is, like, almost zero dip in quality at all yeah, during been, that, that show's entire run so far. It's been absolutely just consistent the entire time. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that's part for the course, I think, for Patrick Warburton. <laughs> like, yeah. It seems like any show that has him in it is like leaves a fucking mark. Touched. It's like a golden touch. Yeah. Because he got the voice of an angel. He really does. That's like the Metatron's voice. (laughs) (laughs) Just remake Dogma with fucking Patrick Warburton. It'd be like a... uh, (laughs) Yeah, you can't listen to God because God will fucking... Blow your brain out. Blow your brains out. Hey, Peter. (laughs) Hey, Peter, man. Oh, Lord. I got the breast exams on Channel 9. Uh, I mean, look, like, he's in so much shit, dude. He really is. Seinfeld? Like, uh, ask the eight ball, yo. Oh, the eight ball. We'll get there. Uh, For the pair, Hyman and Greenberg, success came by the way of 1977's Little Maestro Piano Organ, as well as Play School's 1993 plush Barney doll. Oh, I remember that thing. 
I feel like if you were of age, you fucking had it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because there was nothing hotter than Barney. It's true. In the early 90s, you know? Except when Barney first came out, dude, he was fucking terrifying. Yeah, he was. He was a darker shade of purple. Yeah. Like, his, his, like... And he straight up looked like he had dentures. Yeah, Not that I'm, like, knocking dentures or nothing. No, but, like, you don't want to see that on an anthropomorphic fucking dinosaur. No, I would I would rather see a jaw full of razor sharp teeth than those yeah, weird that's just yeah chompers like toned down. Yeah, you're like okay, uh, it's, it's uh, no. it was like the, it was like the OG Uncanny Valley. It really was. It was like you looked at this thing and it like yeah, it was just terrifying. Yeah, it's not not a good look. No. So I understand. That's why they made him round. Yeah, and not fucking uh, sharp and yeah. dark purple. Okay, like, man, clever girl. But arguably, up until Tickle Me Elmo, Hyman's biggest hit was 1978's Alfie the Robot. Oh, I remember Alfie the Robot. At play school, we created Alfie. He's the perfect first computer. He teaches math, spelling, games on a preschool level, so the learning's lots of fun. Play school's Alfie, the perfect preschool computer. Batteries not included. That thing was baller. Just think about all the shit that we got to grow up with. Was so, like, toned down electronic-wise. Oh, yeah. When it had shit that did have electronics in it, they hit. Yeah, it was magic, man. You're like, oh, fuck, buttons that do something? like, holy shit, this this bear's mouth moves when it (laughs) talks? They're eating her. (laughs) And then they're going to eat me. Oh, Oh, my God. Oh, hell yes. Good shit. Thank you. It's just like a few of those movies back then. Oh, yeah. Or what was this? Garbage Day. (laughs) No. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Alfie the Robot. He was an educational tool that was touted as the child's first computer experience. And for many, it really was. It, honestly. I mean, for sure. Because, like we said, like, computer shit, just, there was nothing really. The, yeah, it was nowhere near as prevalent as it is hell now. Hell no. I mean. Hell no. Jeez. Um, Alfie came equipped with insertable cards that changed his programming depending on what the child wished to learn. So there was cards that covered math, spelling, matching skills, etc. Right, right. I don't know, like... Growing up, they're so insistent on the matching game. <laughs> they they really are, and I I don't quite understand. There's not the logic. there's no point. Like right, just think how many how many times in your life do you have to match things up? Yeah. It's like not really. No. Yeah. You're just like okay, look, dude. I understand. There's a moon behind this card, right? And a star behind this card. Oh, I gotta flip them back. Well, here's the moon. Wah, wah. Okay, here's where's that moon. star again? Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, fuck. That's never gonna... That's like... That's like teachers like, you have to understand algebra, or you won't make it in the world. Uh, which is complete and utter bullshit. I've not used algebra since algebra. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I haven't used algebra since I flunked out of the algebra in summer school. <laughs> the only class I ever failed was physics. Oh. I don't need numbers in my science. I failed gym once. But that's because, uh, like, despite owning a pool, I didn't have, a, uh, like, a pair of swim trunks, and I couldn't do the, quote, swimming unit. 
It's like, dude, I have a pool. I know how to fucking swim. Right. Well, since you don't have a swimsuit, go do laps. I did laps and he fucking flunked me anyways. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. He's a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but the proverbial well that Greg Hyman had tapped into was far from drying out. Oh, yeah. As we travel to 1994. That was a good year. We meet up with Greg and a new partner, Ron Dubrin who is a 15-year vet of making toys and board games of his own. Baller. Uh, Ron shares an experience he had while sitting on a park bench one fateful afternoon. Uh, he was people-watching, which is fun a great as activity. Fuck. It is. Um, and he was watching people, you know, feed ducks at a pond, people playing with their kids. Mm-hmm. And he just noticed, like, the abundance of laughter of, like, little kids being tickled by their parents. No. That's wholesome. It is wholesome, but it's also like being tickled is something you can't escape from as a child. Yeah, that's... Oof. Like, people right now, like, they're so bad at consent, unless you're a child. Yeah, it's like... It's like uh, no, no. do whatever the fuck. It's yeah. like, oh. Go give Aunt Bertha a kiss, but no. I don't want to do it. No, fuck Aunt Bertha. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not getting a kiss from me. Nope. Uh, never gonna get it, never gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, just like in a wave of nostalgia from him, for him, he he remembered when he was a kid being tickled, you know, right? And he thought that the whole like atmosphere around that would make for a good toy. Wasn't wrong. Uh, he explained his idea to Greg, and the two took the step on their journey that would lead them just countless miles. Yes, Greg and Ron met with Stan Clutton, the vice president. Of marketing at Tyco Toys. Oh, Tyco Toys. Tyco. Uh, Man. To bring, he brought their idea to Tyco. Right. Which Tyco at the time. They were they were a king shit for remote controlled cars. They were, as Nelia would say, hot shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of started off as completely not Elmo. It was Tickles the Chimp. Oh, a monkey. Which was a computer chip-powered chimp that would giggle when tickled. Oh. Well, that's kind of cool. Except chimps are, like, you get, like, a <laughs> fucking shock the monkey type of yeah, situation. Yeah, they'll eat your like, fucking face off, man. Ooh, literally. Yeah, seriously. It's happened. They'll, they'll, they'll tear your fucking face off. That's, like, I don't, that's a completely white person thing to want to have an exotic pet. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> like, no, Kathy. You're not cool because you're a fucking chimpanzee. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's going to rip your goddamn face off. And yeah, you're going to end up having to get a face transplant. Which is all sorts of different like, levels uh, of weird. I want his face off. No more drugs for this man. <laughs> what a great movie. It really was. You know? It really was. Even with the Nicolas Cage Doing vaguely sexual gestures behind a obviously young choir singer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just... It led... Cage and Travolta both let the crazy off the leash for a they couple really hours. Did. I mean... John Travolta was like, how can I out-crazy this motherfucker? How can I out-Nicolas Cage, Nicolas you know Cage? Kind of makes sense, because I feel like that's when Scientology first... 
there was like buzzes about it. Yeah. So if he was starting to be converted into a Scientologist. Yeah. At the same time Face Off was being made. <laughs> that really explains a lot. It really does. I mean, like, you know. Oh. He's already got one leg in the crazy pants. Yeah. yeah. And then working with Nicolas Cage, I feel I mean, like. Kind of pushed him over it there. out. Yeah. <laughs> Ron, having previously been known to toss ideas at Stan, was prepared for the usual reply of no. Um, but to his surprise, Stan loved the idea. Oh. He said, this would be great as Elmo, but we don't own the rights. So with Stan on board, yeah, he introduced yeah. the, dia- the duo to Gene Murtha, another vice president of marketing for Tycho. And the man in charge of their deal was someone they did have the rights to, the Looney Tunes. Oh. So Gene took one look at Tickles and believed the concept would work well as Taz. Oh, yeah, that would totally work with his Especially nonsense. because, like, at that point, Tasmanian I mean, Devil... Yeah, he had his own cartoon <laughs> show, he was on Which t-shirts. Which vastly underrated. Dude, like, I still quote Taz's dad. Think about, like, the weird, like, subculture of Looney Tunes and bikers in the 90s. <laughs> Why do you need to have a Tasmanian Devil Harley Davidson shirt? Right. That's so oddly specific. Yeah, it, it's super specific. It's like, where do you get, like... Where's the market data for that? It's like, like the this first is the demographics. <laughs> <You know? laughs> OG shit posting. And that's like with the fucking mud flaps that have uh, Yosemite Sam on. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, that's an interesting Venn diagram. Okay. Uh, uh, like sure. It's, it's, it's weird to see how those intersect. Yes. Um, the idea was sort of a stairway of laughter. Each press of the button would escalate the laughter until Taz hit a frenzied state. Oh, okay. Which I feel like uh, we, we that idea is not on. good. Because, I mean, the idea is great, but to have him ramp up, there's yeah. no ramping up for Taz. No, Taz, he's just... Taz is just like that one asshole at the party that's always on. Yeah. Frank the I'm Tank. Like, oh, dude, please. Relax a little bit. He, he's the guy that kicks the back window out of a fucking squad car. He, he's the dude that, like, when you were when you were young, you were friends with, but you hated being friends with because he would put you in situations that you're like, uh, I wouldn't be here if no. it wasn't for this asshole. Yeah, like I'm having fun, sure, but this is kind of some reckless shit. But, but there's some some bodily injury, yes, risks for yes. certain. We're doing a B and E. What? I, Wait, what? No. I just want to fucking ride bikes. Yeah, it's like, that's all I wanted to do is... I thought we were going to the park. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Taz never made it off the ground, unfortunately. Uh, In fact, all that exists of that brief window is the head of Taz with a voice box that made grunting and laughing noises. That is terrifying. Imagine finding that like, somewhere in the <laughs> Just story. like a severed Taz head. <laughs> You're like, oh, God. So, oh. I, I know you're saying kill me, please. It's a dead-eyed Tasmanian devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Tycho did release for a little while at the Warner Brothers Studio Store a Tickle Me Tweety a t- and a Tickle Me uh, Bugs Bunny. Okay. And like they were really excited about that. I bet. Um, the enthusiasm, however, was not shared by the powers that be at Warner Brothers, who at the time was the parent company of Looney Tunes. And rather than granting them access to the Tickle Me brand, the head at Tyco just ceased to renew their license with Warner Brothers. Oh, shit. So it's like, 
It's like, oh. You know you have to have a lot of faith in something mm-hmm. if you cut ties with a contract that yeah. you already fucking had. Yeah. Just out of spite, pretty much, out of, like, pettiness. It's, oh, you don't want it? Fine. I'm fucking bathing out. It's really one of those, oh, fuck me? Fuck you. Exactly. Kind of, kind of things. Yes. Um, so, it was a new year, 1995. And in the shadows, president of Tycho, Martin Sheeman, was hard at work to acquire the toy-making rights for Sesame Street. And it wasn't long before Dubrin received a call from Stan. That's where I came up with Elmo's Law. Anything that can go right will go right. Oh. And that philosophy seemed to catch fire at Tycho. And their biggest focus for all of 1995 was creating Tickle Me Elmo. That's understandable. Yeah. I mean... If you weren't that hard to get the rights to something, you're obviously going yeah, to time you're, to you're not going to fuck around with yeah. it. Uh, Ron Gregg and head of electronic designs for Tycho, Mark Johnson Williams, continued onward on their path to creating a tiny red juggernaut. Perfect. Uh, Elmo had a big year in terms of forefront popularity in 1995, which brought up concerns to Bob Mole, head of advertising at Tyco. Um, he says, television is about motion. That thing ought to move. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like... <laughs> I mean, initially, Tickle Me Elmo just—he didn't move. He was stationary, which is just like if you've ever seen a video of somebody laughing but not moving their mouth or smiling. That's the creepiest fucking thing. Oh, that's a decision that you've made. Yeah, that's ooh, yeah. Uh, Bob envisioned greatness in Tickle Me Elmo, but not without motion. Noting that it should shake like Santa's belly. Yeah. And that idea was a game changer. Initially, Children's Television Workshop, which is the current day Sesame Workshop, CT Dubs, voiced concerns over the shaking concept, fearing that parents would mistake Elmo's convulsing as something akin to a seizure. Oh, didn't think about that. Which is like, yeah, but I guess that's like kind of a stretch. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I understand where they could be coming from, but at the same time, it's like, dude. Just, it's a, just it's Elmo. Just relax, Karen. Yeah, exactly. Definitely has the man speech your manager haircut and everything. Yeah. She really likes to get fucked up on the weekends with like margaritas and Bon Jovi cover bands. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bed of Roses, the ultimate Bon Jovi cover band. It's like, half uh, price mark night <laughs> at Peppy's. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. Um, Hashtag live, laugh, love. Oh god. Same person that like leaves a dollar fifty tip. Uh-huh. Fucking ridiculous. Uh, according to Janice Yates, Associate Vice President of Marketing and Development, it was a conversation over several meetings that won them over. Tycho's test group were primarily mothers, none of which, by the way, mistook Elmo's frantic shaking as seizures. We'll see. Unfounded. Yes. Uh, the moms were just as tickled as Elmo, and Tycho knew that they had a hit on their hands. But in the 90s, 2995 was quite a drop in the bucket. Yeah. With inflation that puts our little red friend at nearly $50. <laughs> Shit. So that's where a little bit of genius was needed. And genius was found in one small idea from Martin Sheeman. Martin coined the idea of a try-before-you-buy experience. Oh, which, you see that fucking It's everywhere, everywhere now. Yeah. 
Uh, and Elmo was shipped to stores with a bright sticker on his stomach inviting customers to try me. Try me? Which is just like... Try me, bitch. It's, yeah, it's like Jeopardy. Uh, what is things to say <laughs> to someone who crossed the line? <laughs> try me. Try me. me. Um, but Elmo was not perfect. And the battery life was a bit shorter than Tycho would have liked. Hmm. Because... I mean, if it makes sense if you think about well, it. Well, yeah, I mean, you got people... There's a motor for the shaking, a separate motor, motor to run the voice box, and they're, like, competing, you know, they're yeah. at the same time. So, if it's all led to one battery source... <laughs> of competing course for voltage. Definitely. Uh, which kind of leads to a hilarious story. I like hilarious. On a flight to San Francisco to meet with Mark Johnson Williams, Janice Yates was detained. As her luggage contains <laughs> many wires, batteries, and small <laughs> electronic pieces, vital for sprucing up Elmo's design. Now, now, bear in mind, this is a time Mid-90s. where like air terrorism was still a thing. Yes. Um, upon asking where it was she was headed to and whom she was going to meet with, Yates told the truth. And for quite some time after that incident, Mark was questioned by the police in relation to the Unabomber. <laughs> <laughs> the suspicion died down in April of the following year as Ted Kaczynski was arrested after being outed as the actual Unabomber, but the media had released that the creator of Tickle Me Elmo was once suspected, and at Tyco, fears ran rampant that the media stint would do damage to their brand. But I, fortunately, I get that, but... It did not. No, not and at we all. we meet back up with the crew in 1996. The scene was New York City, and the event was the 1996 Toy Fair. Uh, The Toy Fair is a place that will inevitably come up so many times throughout the duration of this podcast. It's a magical place. It is. Like, from holes. Listen, Holes as a book is a book I read, like, 30 fucking times as a child. Yeah. And when the movie came out, it's, it's still to this day one of the best, like, book-to-movie adaptations. Is it really? Yes. And John Voight <laughs> plays a character in it. And they're in this camp, and it's a camp for bad kids, hmm. and they have to dig to build character. Huh. Really, they're searching for a treasure, right? So, one time John Voight comes up to them, and he tells them a story, and he says, Once, to- once upon a time, there was a magical place. Where it never rained. The end. This <laughs> fucking starts dying laughing. I'm like, oh, okay. It's like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Uh, there was a slight buzz about Tickle Me Elmo, but nothing near what they were hoping for. However, Al Roker absolutely Ooh, loved Tickle Me Elmo. The patron saint of weather. And this is back when he was a, like, Santa Claus-looking figure. Yeah, know? it's true. He's, like, emaciated-looking now. Yeah, he, he totally looks weird now. It's uh, Yeah. So, like, he's, like... I mean, good right for him and all, with but... Al Sharpton. Yeah. <laughs> they both look like yeah. they got Stephen King thinnered. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're like, oh. You're, you're not wrong. I don't like that. Uh, Thinner. Yes. Al Roker suggested that they introduce it on Good Morning America, and that idea took place in the summer of 96. The publicity was good, smart, but there was a big storm coming, and it would change their lives as they knew it. And that storm was named Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, shit. 
shit. Because Rosie, Rosie O'Donnell was the Ellen of the 90s. She really was. You know? I like, mean... Ellen's show now is popular as fuck. Yeah, it that really was, is. was Rosie O'Donnell was. That's Because exactly Oprah took on, right. like, more serious shit. Mm-hmm. And Rosie would be like, here's the fucking cute little, like, kitschy shit. Let me, let me launch koosh balls yes. into the audience. Yes. Uh... Rosie, much like Oprah, had the gimmick on her talk show of showering her guests in gifts. It's true. And our little red bundle of joy was one such gift. And that exposure led to Depression-era bread lines for people (laughs) eager to get their hands on Tickle Me Elmo. Going into September of 1996, they had forecasted a probable sale of 100,000 units. Which is respectable. Post-Rosie... They were forecasting a probable million. Yeah. From Black Friday until Christmas, it was nearly impossible to get your hands on a Tickle Me Elmo. And Tycho fought tooth and nail to keep up with the daunting demands that exposure had left them. I bet they didn't see that coming. I bet they did not. No. Not at all. Uh, This led to many a sleepless night for people at Tycho, as they received media backlash for thoughts of planned scarcity. Uh, see now, that's the thing. the The whole uh, manufactured scarcity that's that's like a Nintendo thing. Yeah, that's more that, modern. That, that's day. yeah, that's that's that was literally they didn't just, do that really they, back they then. Didn't, they didn't think they would have as big of a hit on their hands. Right. They did. And yeah, they just didn't have enough. Yeah. Now for sure, it's like we only made seventy five, but there's a warehouse of like seventy five thousand. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. But They're just trickling them out to the stores. Yeah, we get it. Uh. There were bomb threats called into Tycho, death threats. Jesus. People were losing their fucking minds all over a 16-inch stuffed Elmo with a Give me that fucking Elmo! <laughs> there were brawls. There were riots. A Canadian Walmart associate was assaulted and left with a fractured jaw, a couple broken ribs, and a bruised ego. Damn, in Canada? I thought this everybody was, was nice in Canada. Guy. <laughs> Here, oh, the- fucking Elmo, eh? <laughs> you fucking ozer. I'm gonna give you summer teeth. <laughs> summer here summer there yeah uh in the span of five months Tycho sold over a million Tickle Me Elmos and reports of another four million in the following year that's a lot of Elmos so much just a fucking army that's an army of Elmos Evil Dead 3 army of Elmos <laughs> <laughs> my uh, fair lady ha <laughs> oh my god <laughs> There is a belief that Toys R Us finally caught up to honoring their Tickle Me Elmo rain checks in June of 1997. Holy fuck. Yeah. But one giant hit wasn't enough to save Tycho from folding in on itself, and in 1997, Mattel Toys bought them out. R.I.P. Tycho. R.I.P. Legends. Legends. Uh, One of many to have fallen. The legacy of Tickle Me Elmo lasted quite some time, spawning many variations. Oh, um, yeah. From baby versions of Sesame Street characters, except for Oscar the Grouch. Because nobody wants to... No, they stayed very on brand with Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. He, he... Don't tickle him. And don't tickle the garbage monster. <laughs> Which is the title of my autobiography. Oh. Very good. Uh... They had an Elvis Elmo, a Chicken Dance Elmo. Oh, I remember that. It's just like, it's just a very, where's the Venn diagram of people that love chickens and love Elmo and want both in one thing? (laughs) And who are really into like niche wedding songs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> just like, okay, sure. Uh, as of right now, you can find an original unopened Tickle Me Elmo on eBay for upwards of $180. Holy shit. Yes. Every toy company since then has aimed to be the next Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah. A toy so influential, so loved, that it made its way into episodes of South Park, Futurama, and Mad TV, just to name a few. Oh, yeah. And once you make it to South Park... Yeah, you're golden. That's it. I mean, now, like, you've made it. They, they're super topical over there. Uh, at the time of this recording, Tickle Me Elmo is in a fight for dominance over He-Man and uh, um, the American Girl Dolls for a coveted spot in the Toy Hall of Fame. Oh! Which is like, ooh. That, that's a... That's a rough field there. American Girl Dolls fucking freak me out, dude. Dude, that's the uncanny valley. Definitely. Like, they, oh, my sister had one. Mine too. And that's... (sighs) I hate it. Yeah, no. It's just a fucking nightmare. Get those eyes away from me, please. It's like, ooh, just... Mm. There's layers of creepiness that just... Yeah, without a fucking doubt. It's just, ooh. That's all I can say is oof. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. like, I I can very barely string a sentence together to to denote my displeasure. That was the word, the exact word too. Displeasure. Displeasure. Yeah. Um, I'd like to end each episode with five obscure facts related to the episode. Which yeah. is a good idea. I, I think that's a good way to... Yes. close out the episodes. So, I'd like to introduce you to our fact-finding friend, Facty. Oh. The fact in the box. The fact in the box. There is a professional bull-riding bull named Tickle Me Elmo. Nah. <laughs> Wrong kind of tickling. <laughs> Ooh, you're gonna feel that tickle. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's just you know, it's kind of like you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. Yep, I say that all the time. Uh, there are. Let me tell you, there's a mo- there's a YouTube video about why you should watch horror movies, right? Yeah. And this guy's explaining to his girlfriend why you should watch horror movies, and he's. He's basically confirming to her that he's always paranoid all the time. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, you just have plans for like, if someone breaks into your house and murders you, she's like, that's fucking crazy. She's I'm like, that might not, not happen. And he said, and I, and I say this all the time now. He said, yeah, and you can play Russian roulette and not die. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. Well, yes. yes, it's true. It is true. Um, there are several viral videos of Elmo being torched, one of which consists of him being demolished by a jet engine. I'm kind of okay with that, him getting zorched by a jet engine. Hell yes. Like... What a way to go. <laughs> that, that's, you know, that's a baller way to go out. Jet fuel does melt Elmo's. Yes, it does. But not steel beams. Hashtag nine eleven truth. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. Yeah, he... (laughs)
He kept going. That that was satisfying to watch. That, I don't like Elmo, man. I don't. I'm not. I'm not comfortable I, Elmo, being around someone who relished so much in that. That was wicked. Elmo does not have a friend in me. Well, no, I'm just no, saying. No. It was like. I mean, he like farted and said, "Excuse me." Like, were things coming out of him that, like, without the fire, he wouldn't have said? I don't think he knew he was on fire. Uh, John Gotti flew to a toy store in New York specifically to get a Tickle Me Elmo for John Gotti Jr. Like, seriously, what are you going to do if John Gotti shows up and says, I need a Tickle Me Elmo? Even if you have the fucking MacGyver a Tickle Me Elmo in the back. (laughs) Even if you have to make one yourself. You're like, oh, okay, okay, Mr. Gotti, just give me a minute here. Yeah. Which is like, oh, brings the whole uh, John Travolta thing full circle. Yeah, totally does. Uh, a radio station in Springfield sent down a professional parachutist in four-degree weather with the goal being to be the first person to find him would receive a Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah, you're going to receive frostbite, too. It's just like, what? White people. Yeah, we're crazy. In 2010, 2011, and 2012, a 1,300-pound hog won largest hog at the Indiana State Fair. Tell me his name is Tickle Me Elmo. Oh, his name is Tickle Me Elmo the third. The third? Oh. The third. From a long, long line <laughs> of Tickle Me Elmo's. Oh, yes. I am Tickle Me Elmo the third. I'm the imagine third. the fucking bacon mm. <laughs> on a 1,300-pound hog. Goddamn, now I want some bacon. Oh, fuck. He's got awful good feet and legs on him. Normally, a hog got size of their legs bow out on them and they can't get around, so... That's the only reason we keep hanging on to him because he's got good feet and legs and uh, there's nothing wrong. And what do you feed a hog that's roughly the same weight as an IndyCar? Ground corn, basically a ration of ground corn. Of course, Tickle Me Elmo's ration is about three times bigger than your average boar. But then, so is Tickle Me Elmo. Lord. Lord. My sweet Lord. And you know what? I love that song, but it is definitely a ripoff of He's So Fine. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. The melody is totally similar. It's 100%. Yeah. Uh, And that brings us to the end of the first episode of Toys R Us. We have four more episodes lined up for December, so check back next Monday. Uh, If you'd like to help us, you can leave us a review on iTunes slash Apple Podcast. It's... They're like the Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah, they're the... the 90s of podcasting now. They really are. Uh, you can follow us on all social medias. We're at Toys R Us Podcast across the board. Or you can become a patron at patreon.com slash Toys R Us Podcast, where we have multiple tiers, the lowest of which is $3. We'll love you forever, too. Absolutely. Until next time, remember, be careful who you tickle. And remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid. From the makers of Tickle Me Elmo and Tickle Me Elmo Extreme comes this holiday season's hottest must-have toy. It's Tickle Me Emo. (laughs) That hurts me. Tickle Me Emo is the tortured, angst-ridden teen cousin of Elmo. And boy, is he sad. Don't take our word for it. Squeeze his hand and let Tickle Me Emo tell you himself with one of 13 pre-recorded emo sayings. If life is so fair, why do roses have thorns? (laughs) There is no God. You hear me? 
Kid, super sensitive and oh so dramatic. I hate you! I hate you! I hate you! I hate you too. You're not the only one with issues. Tickle the emo alone for too long. Tickle me, emo. Available at Hot Topics everywhere. <laughs>